Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. For more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, scriptsandscribes.com. But first, we welcome to the show a screenwriting coach who has worked in development, lectured at numerous film schools such as UCLA, New York Film Academy, and Columbia College, uh, and she has also written for Script Magazine. Her name is Lee Jessup, and she joins us on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us today, Lee. Thanks for having me. Now, we, I kind of had to have you on the podcast, um, <laughs> you know, and I don't mean that in sort of a negative way. Um, two managers who have been on the podcast who I greatly respect, Jewel Ross and Mark Manis, both were extremely complimentary of you. Um, and so, you know, you, when I had to reach out to you, and I'm, I'm so glad you're here today. They're both, they've both been great friends and have been really, really kind to me over the years. I'm really lucky that the people that I know and, and the business continue to give me a specific kind of respect that makes my job very, very easy. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's a testament to both your you know, skill at what you do, but also your, your character, I think. So you have their endorsement, so we're happy to have you. Um, and you offer a special unique perspective that I've never had on the podcast before. We've had lots of screenwriters, lots of authors, comic book writers, agents, managers, you name it. But I've never had a, any sort of consultant, analyst, reader, or a screenwriting coach such as yourself. Um, and we don't offer any of those services on scriptandscribes.com like a lot of writing websites. That's not what we do. Um, so you bring sort of unique perspective that I would love to tap into, but I wanted to do it in a way that I felt would benefit our listeners um, and someone who was again, dependable, uh, respected, and established, and someone that we could sort of pick their brain in, 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 in a way, but again, somebody that we trusted. And so coming from, you know, with such great, such sort of a pedigree, with so great uh, uh, resume, and from, you know, the sort of responses from other industry people, you were the perfect choice. Well, thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, what's, what's kind of unique about what I do is that I, I'm a career coach for screenwriters. So I work with emerging and professional screenwriters, but my entire perspective comes from a career point of view. So whether it's how does an idea for a script fit into a writer's brand or the needs of the industry or what's marketable out there all the way through to how does a writer manage their relationship with representation or a particular relationship with the studio, et cetera, et cetera. My focus is, is solely on that. I mean, I think Mark actually put it best when he described me on your podcast mm -hmm. as a guidance counselor. Right. Um, I, I thought it was uh, apt in, in an odd way that I never expected. Right. Um, well, you, you do have a, an interesting approach to it, a different approach, which I think um, I would love to touch you know, more on in terms of you're a, a screenwriting coach, you're a life coach. You're not just a consultant or a reader or an analyst. So not at all. Not at all. Actually, you know, I ran ScriptShark for six and a half years. Before mm -hmm. that, I did development. And um, when I left ScriptShark, somebody said to me, so are you going to start reading? And I said, not, not for the life of me. Are you kidding me? There's so many consultants out there whose core competency is reading or who attest to have a core competency of reading that right. um, I felt that, that was really, really saturated. But where I felt there was a disconnect and a lack of information and a lack of guidance was specifically in the, the career side of things. Now, mm -hmm. I certainly understand why that is. You can't formulate a career. I've talked to at this point, you know, thousands of writers who found success in one way or another, and I can 
can tell you that no two stories are alike. So it's much tougher to package that and sell it. You know, you hit those three points, you have a career. Um, it's not that way um, in the same way that you have with a script. You hit these three points, you have a script. You have a, an active protagonist and a conflict and a driving need. Okay, we have something to start with. With a career, it's different and it happens in different ways. And I was a lot more fascinated by how each writer puts their unique pieces of the puzzle together um, because it is different. Um, and, you know, and that's where I felt like writers could use a lot more help. And, and if the information that I've gathered over the years and over my professional experience could be of use, I'm more than happy to bring it to the table. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for strategy. Before I ventured out to do my own thing, I was a product manager for Baseline, which was a New York Times company. So, you know, I was, develop, I was paid to develop brand and product and identity for project after project, year after year. And so strategy really became my passion. I'm a planner at heart. <laughs> That's excellent. Um, and, uh, you know, again, treating screenwriting as a career, I think, is something that you know, aspiring screeners really need to look mm -hmm. at not just writing a screenplay, but treating it as a job, as a career. Um, so being that sort of career coach, that life coach, I think is, is uh, a great step. Uh, well, and the industry's really changed. I mean, we are no longer in the one and done model that we saw in the 90s where writer, a writer could show up out of nowhere, mm -hmm. send the screenplay out there. I mean, Joel Ross has the story. Two months on a desk, he sold his first script. That's when he first started in the agency world. So we, we had that climate in the 90s of specs that were just moving really, really fast, and you can sell the spec and never be heard from again. Mm -hmm. But now when we're in a time where Dallas Saunier of Caliber Media had told me once, and it stayed with me for forever, I'm still chiming, I'm still repeating it, um, what he had to say is now, nowadays it takes twice the time to break a writer or sell a script for half the money. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, agencies, management companies, production companies, studios are a lot more interested in getting in bed with somebody who's going to be there for a long time because it's going to take a long time to break them. Right. It's going to take time to build that career. So they're really interested in content creators who are interested in being in, in it for the long haul mm -hmm. rather than sell a script and walk away. The reality today is that if you have the one script and you don't want to do anything beyond that, you're not trying to build a career. You're trying to make a movie or mm -hmm. you're trying to get somebody to make your movie. That's about as far as it goes. Building a career is entirely different. Right, right. No, and I was talking to uh, David Boxerbaum from Paradigm, mm -hmm. and uh, we were talking about, again, a screenwriting career and – you know, we, we sort of came up with the analogy of like as, as a, a painter, like Picasso, if Picasso mm -hmm. painted one painting, then he painted a painting, but he's not a painter. It's not his career. So, you know, you don't paint one painting and then just say, that's it. I'm done. Oh, absolutely. If it sells, maybe I'll paint another one. But until then, I'm, I'm you know, this is what I'm, I'm doing. This is my painting. You, you know, you keep painting until you, you know, until you get better and better and better. And then and ultimately you create a, a, a body of work. Entirely agreed. Adam Feiner, who used to be a manager, who now um, is part of the screenwriting program over at, at New York Film Academy, says that if you're not currently actively writing, you were written. You're mm -hmm. done. Right. Um, and I agree with that. For a writer to build a career, you have to constantly be writing. You have to be churning out content and content that is marketable, marketable that makes sense to who you are as a writer, who you've established yourself to be. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a very deliberate profession. It doesn't just happen by luck. Right, right. Um, now, 
there are lots of, as we described earlier, there's lots of consultants out there, lots of paid readers, lots of script analysts. Oh, yeah. Some are valuable. Some are are not. Um, and it, it's, it's really difficult, I think, for especially newer screenwriters to sort of discern between, you know, who is is worth their their money because again it is an investment but at the same time you don't want to be throwing that money away for someone mm-hmm. who has no qualifications and really you know their, oh, their opinion is not much better than you know the screenwriter's aunt or you know whoever mm-hmm. um, and my apologies to aunts out there if i've offended anybody <laughs> um but so what could your advice be to what they should be looking for? What should aspiring screenwriters be looking for in terms of a screenwriting coach, a consultant, a reader, an analyst? Are there things that 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 can help them choose wisely? Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I ran Scripture for six and a half years, so obviously I believe in coverage. I believe in notes. I think it's an integral part of the process. I, I think that exposing your work is really, really critical because this is a collaborative art. Um, not necessarily the writing, but getting from a script all the way to a film, you have to have buy-in from a lot of people. So your, be- your work better be resonating with people the way that you intended, and the only way to confirm that is to start getting feedback on the work. Right. Um, so I'm a big believer in that. Now, if a writer has industry friends, and by industry friends, I don't mean the gaffer. I don't mean <laughs> the person working crafty. I mean writers, directors, producers who can give them notes, by all means. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay for a reader, but having run ScriptArc for a long time, I can tell you that I do believe in coverage. Now, also having run ScriptArc for a long time, I can tell you that I became a proponent of individual readers as opposed to services as a whole. Sure. Um, for example, in my, my time in ScriptArc, I had a reader who was loved by the writers. I thought that his taste level wasn't where it needed to be. Mm. Um, I thought that he wasn't as strong as he needed to be. He wasn't as critical as he needed to be. Mm-hmm. And he didn't reflect the industry environment, which is what, for me, what a covered service should do. Um, so, but I couldn't let him go because every, every time I tried, I got complaints from my clients saying, why are you letting him go? And he's the best thing you've got. And, and you know, inevitably, it's a return business model. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I left ScriptShark, granted this was in my later years at ScriptShark, I really enjoyed the liberty of saying, don't go to a service, go to a, to a person, and here's who you go to. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to decipher who to go to in this space that is just inundated with endless numbers of people who provide coverage, a person really needs to do their research. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a million sites to look on. So Dundeal Pro is one. Andrew Hilton, who works under the banner Screenplay Mechanic, um, has advertised himself through there. He's had great success. He read for me at ScriptArc. He's brilliant. Um, Rob Ripley, who reads under Third Act Screenplay, Mm -hmm. another brilliant, talented guy. But you really want to make sure that they're current, that they're reading industry scripts now, not 20 years ago, because the industry has changed just day to night um, in those 20 years, expectations of work have changed. Um, so you really, you know, the writer really wants to find somebody who is current, who's of the industry, who is youthful, who is doing more than just reading scripts. Because I find that somebody who just reads scripts um, for a living and often reads from aspiring writers more so than professional writers loses the feel for what is really happening in the industry. Mm-hmm. So you want to find somebody who is 
part of the, the working, breathing, dynamically changing industry to give you feedback who will be really harsh on the work. And I, you know, now that I'm out of script shark, I have the liberty of saying I only want to work with writers who are very critical mm-hmm. um, because, honestly, that's, that's the industry barometer. Right. Um, and the industry doesn't cut any corners and doesn't, doesn't give the writers um, any favors um, and so, you know, certainly I want the readers that I work with to be generous and kind and constructive in how they deliver their message. Mm-hmm. So there are readers that are, who are very talented, who are just, I won't recommend people to because they are a little bit too harsh, mm-hmm. because they, they really can be cutting and, and cold. But, um, you know, I want to work with people who are constructive, but really get it. Right. Well, and I think, I guess, just from from this conversation, you can sort of uh, equate it to uh, sports. At least this is what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drawing from. You know, uh, everyone who played against Michael Jordan in practice said that they got better because exactly. he played them so hard, as opposed to playing against somebody you know in practice who may not be competing very hard against you. You get easy layups, but then when it comes time to play in a game, you get killed mm-hmm. because you have no idea the competition level that's out there. Um, so I, think I entirely agree. You know, Michael Haig, um, the screenwriting guru, he hates the word guru, but he'll forgive <laughs> me for using it this time, um, who wrote um, Writing Screenplays That Sell and How to Sell a Script in 60 Seconds and, um, you know, has been on, on a bunch of, of different um, speaking opportunities. He said to me once, I, I asked him, you know, what the hell is he thinking working with me? To me, I'm, I'm just a baby and here he is, this powerhouse. And he, he just said, you know, I like to work with people who are smarter than me and what we're talking about. Mm-hmm you're smarter in. And I always appreciated that humility mm-hmm. and that approach. I'm certainly not smarter than him in script or anything like that, but the stuff that he and I were working on specifically, I just had more experience. And mm-hmm. I appreciate the approach of people, and I hope that I have the humility to embody it as well. People who are able to say, I want to work with people who are smarter than me because they'll make me better. Right. And I do think that a lot of getting better is about being the stupidest kid in the class, you know, being dumped into an AP class when you think that you're not ready. You're working with analysts who are better than you or writers who are better than you or teachers who are just completely overwhelming to you and, and dumbfounding and how smart they are because that's what will challenge you. And if you can rise to that occasion, you'll be better. I certainly have learned that myself working with people that intimidated the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, pushed me above and beyond anything I ever could do. I mean, there was a job I took years ago at Studio System, which is an industry database, mm-hmm. which is ironically how I got to Scriptshark. And my first day on the job, I sat down with the product manager at the time, um, Kristen, Kirsten Bensel, and I came home to my then-boyfriend, now-husband, and I said, this woman will either be the end of me because she will unearth just how stupid I am, or she'll be my best friend. And luckily, she became one of my dearest friends. But, you know, it's I find that whenever you challenge yourself, you get better. And a lot of writing a great screenplay is about stepping out of that comfort zone, where in your mind, it's just what you want it to be, and getting it to a place where other people receive the material as you intended. Right, right. Um, Now, I, I wanted to take, let's take a hypothetical screenwriter. You know, sure. Because we do have a lot of aspiring screenwriters, but someone who's recently completed their first screenplay and has no industry contact, mm-hmm. what would you recommend their next step or next steps, I guess, should be? Write the second screenplay. 
Okay. Um, you know, for for most industry professionals, when we hear first screenplay, mm-hmm. we hear, we hear you just learned how to write. Right. Now take all the lessons that you've learned and go to the second screenplay because in reality, first screenplay very rarely will break a writer. Right. Very rarely will it be the best example of a good writer. Right. A good writer really gets strong on the third, fourth, fifth screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I generally want to see writers move on to the next. I have a writer that I started working with a couple of months ago whose first screenplay is great. I mean, it really is it's fantastic. One of those that I had to sit there and grill him and say, really, really, it was your first? Mm-hmm. You're not lying to me. There isn't some you know, pile of discarded screenplays that you won't give the respect of calling them screenplays, but really that's how you learned. Um, so he's hard at work now on his second screenplay. He's prepping material, um, like one sheets and stuff like that to go out when he has the second screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to see a body of work from a writer. So, you know, people like Jewel and Mark, I'm sure have said to you things like, I always want to see a second script. I always want to see a second sample. Um, most managers and agents are looking for that because they want to know that you can repeat what you've done well once. Right. Um, this is now a seasoned industry that has had some mistakes that purchased scripts in the 90s from writers who couldn't deliver the second time around mm-hmm. and really suffered from that. Um, and so now we really want to see that second script, that third script, strong, stronger than the last. Now, that doesn't mean that a writer can't begin to put their feelers out there, to start connecting with the industry. If the writer's in L.A., I highly recommend going out to industry events. Um, you know, for a first screenplay, I highly recommend getting it out there to contests. There's nothing that says that you can't. Um, certainly services like The Blacklist and Jason Scoggins' Spec Scout um, are ones that can help a good first script surface. Um, and it's never too early to start doing that work. But in terms of starting to pitch and really make those connections, um, I do like to see two scripts that are ready to show. Right. It's funny because in a lot of interviews with uh, screenwriters, uh, one of the questions I ask is, what was your first screenplay and where is it currently? (laughs) Invariably, it's in some drawer somewhere or lost on some like floppy disk or something. Oh, yeah. It's it's that, you know, that that horrible devil seed that they don't want to talk about. Right. And that's a very healthy approach. (laughs) Um, But realistically, uh, what we're talking about is is good advice. But at the same time, many, many writers feel that their, their screen, first screenplay is is the one. Um, assuming they can't be talked into starting their second screenplay before at least making the attempt at the first screenplay, I mean, in terms of getting it out there, competitions, uh, is there anything else that they sh- can and should be doing with it? Um, Well, we talked earlier about notes. So to me, notes Mm -hmm. are integral. Mm -hmm. If you finished your first script and you sent it out to notes and notes came back and said, oh, my God, this is fantastic, Mm -hmm. um, then sure, get it out there. Um, You know, I will – I do have to emphasize that most people that you will get a first script out to will want to see a second script. Um, There are managers that I know who will just not read work if you don't tell them that you have a second script ready to show Mm -hmm. and better be ready to show. I mean, don't don't just say those things. Um, (laughs) Uh, and people do. You'd be you'd be amazed. Um, but you know, certainly there are avenues to get out there. Um, like I said earlier, blacklist, spec scout, mm-hmm. virtual f- pitch fest, greenlight my movie. Um, I'm a big fan of Stage 32. I don't know if you're familiar with that oh, 
with that site. It's a social networking site, but the reason I bring it up here is not the social networking. Um, they've gotten together with the Happy Writers, um, and they do online pitch events, oh. which are going on year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, they do about one big event a month. Um, those pitch sessions take place either over Skype mm-hmm. or via written materials. Oh. Um, and I know they've gotten some writers representation, they've gotten some writers interest, and they bring some really nice big cl- uh, players to the table. Um, so that's a really fantastic avenue to get out there. As far as pitch events, every writer should consider if they're not in LA, whether or not they want to spend their budget on getting out to a pitch event in Los Angeles. Ultimately, that's that's in their hands. Um, but there are a lot of ways to get out there. The industry does want to see that there's pedigree to material. So the sooner you have pedigree to show for it, like, for example, an eight from the blacklist or a contest win or something like that, the easier it will be for you to make a case for your for yourself and for your material. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some frequent mistakes do you see that uh, newer screenwriters make uh, you know, common mistakes. Go out with the first screenplay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Check. Okay. What else? Um, look for an agent. Mm-hmm. Most every writer that I meet um, who's uh, young in terms of their writing career will come and say, okay, I'm ready for an agent. Mm-hmm. How do I get an agent? Um, the reality is that most times you won't be able to get an agent until you don't truly need an agent anymore. Mm -hmm. An agent is there when there's a piece of material that is ready to go out to market now and is ready to sell in the market now. This is when an agent gets involved. An agent doesn't get involved, and you spoke to David earlier, so I'm I'm sure you know this. Um, It's significantly earlier, let's humor the writer within kind of stages. Um, I find that writers who have the material to back it up um, are usually better off starting with a manager who will develop them and help develop the material to the marketplace and then bring an agent into the picture. and really, you know, those managers will then really be able to look out for the interest in, and the long-term career of the writer. Right. So, you know, the agent question is always a tricky one. Um, and and that's certainly a pitfall for a lot of writers, this focus on agents, this focus on managers. Um, and that also goes to speak to the fact that agents and managers, as integral as they are, their job is to be the writer's advocate in the space. Mm-hmm. That said, a lot of writers see agents and managers as the end-all. All I need is an agent. All I need is a manager. As soon as I get that, everything's fine. What a lot of them forget is that agents and managers don't make movies. They don't make TV shows. They are simply the ones introducing the material in the space. So there's a lot that writers can do for themselves. Um, And oftentimes, they, they being the collective body of writers, um, have a tendency to sit on their hands and wait for an agent and manager to show up rather than utilize some existing avenues like pitch events, like stage 32 and happy writers, like virtual pitch fest and green light my movie and, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, to find their ways to production companies. Mm-hmm. And granted, I mean, Jerry, Jerry's not going to read for everybody. Um, but you know, if you talk about non-studio affiliated, smaller production companies, Many of them, if you write a really compelling query or if you find them wherever they're hanging out, whether it's um, you know, Great American Pitch Fest or the Hollywood Pitch Festival or Story Expo or any of those, if you find them there, they will read if the material is compelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, 
other than being a great writer, what sort of traits, skills, or habits do you find that successful screenwriters have? Um, successful screenwriters know how to be likable. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you have to be the, you know, the class Alex Victorian or the class clown or whatnot. But filmmaking is, you know, I describe it as summer camp meets war. Um, okay. The summer camp element comes from the fact that you are stuck in a cabin with a bunch of people trying to make this thing fly. Um, and so likability is important. It doesn't mean that you have to change your personality. It means that you have to be able to carry yourself in a room and feel, it means that you have to be halfway comfortable in your own skin. You have to be able to network. You have to be able to speak confidently about your work, um, about who you are, about what you are, know how to pitch your work. Um, I find that, you know, one of the common traits that I find in successful screenwriters is that they're always writing. They have an understanding that they have to constantly churn out new content. Um, And so most of my writers who've sold to studios, who've sold to networks, are expecting themselves to turn a new script out every four to six months. Mm -hmm. Um, They all read news. They all know what's happening in this industry. Right. They are experts in their own genre, in their own area. So they've seen, if we're talking about a comedy writer, um, they're going to have read everything that um, came out in that particular genre. They're going to read books. They're going to read articles. Um, They're going to really be experts so that when they walk into a room, they are the trusted source on content. Um, And that's something that doesn't develop in a day. So this is stuff that they've developed over years and years and years of just consuming content, reading news, understanding who's who and what's what. Mm -hmm. And and touching base on that, how important is is networking? I was going to say research, but obviously research we just covered, but networking with others, you know, whether it's other other potential writers, other industry people, assistants. It's uh, integral. Yeah. It's integral to success. You never know who's who and where you're going to meet, but it is it is a very social kind of industry. It's a breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, coffee mm-hmm. kind of industry where people know one another. People recommend each other for jobs. People bring in other people that they genuinely want to work in, work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mike Nichols said, and I'm not I'm not quoting the exact quote, I'm paraphrasing, that 50% of why you hire a person has to do with personality. So networking is about getting out there. It is about making sure that you connect with people so they want to read the material because you appear halfway sane and you you are speaking aptly about your work in an interesting fashion. Um, meeting writers is very important. You never know where a writing partner can come from or a writer who's going to decide to stop writing and go into development. Um, you know, staying out there, and in most communities right now, there's opportunities, there's writing groups, there's meetups. Um, you know, New York, for example, New York City has a huge meetup group. Um, Seattle has the um, their guild. Dallas has their Screenwriters Association. I mean, every city at this point has something for screenwriters. So even if you have to start local and develop from there, you can certainly do it. Um, you know, one of the dangers for writers is that they become overly siloed um, mm-hmm. and overly incubated and forget what it's like to network and that they have to network and they have to stay out there. And it's very alluring. It's very easy to do that. I mean, where, where writers thrive is where they're writing. They're not supposed to 
you know, really hone these interpersonal skills and whatnot. But in today's climate, today's reality, um, where a market is, is as competitive as this one is, it certainly serves. I mean, I have a director friend who just had a movie really released by Fox. Um, he was over for drinks one night, and my husband asked him, when you go on these meetings, when you go on these general meetings, what's your job? And he said, my job is to make people like me mm-hmm. so that when they have their next project, they want to bring me into the room because they know I can do the work. And they like me. Right. Right. Um, now, do you, now talking about you in particular, uh, like if you have clients who may not be in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, and you, you mentioned uh, some of the screenwriting groups in like Dallas, Seattle, whatever, what uh-huh. other things can writers do who are not in uh, Los Angeles uh, to get, I don't know, network, to get their work seen? Um, we've talked about screenplay competitions. Um, what uh, what other avenues are, can uh, aspiring screenwriters not in Los Angeles explore? Well, the world the world's really. I mean, as much as you hear agents and managers often say that they favor writers who are LA based, mm-hmm. the world's really opened for international screenwriters. <laughs> Um, because, you know, for example, if your script gets a nine on the blacklist, mm-hmm. think all of 20-some-odd scripts got nines on the blacklist. It's not going to say, you know, Sven from Norway got a nine on the blacklist. Right. It's going to talk about the script, and the script is going to get downloaded, and people are going to get interested. Um, you know, there are a lot of these avenues to get out there at this day and age. You know, Spec Scout's another one. They'll scout your work. They'll mm-hmm. literally send out an email with, the few screenplays that qualified to be seen on the spec scout that got the right score. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with where you are in the world, and I do find that it is about content. The big questions that writers will get internationally is, are you willing to move? If you break, if you have a career, are you willing to move? Because that is, that's a big one for agents and managers in terms of being able to get writers out there. Now, I work with writers, I would say about – 45 to maybe 50% of my writers are not in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, you know, I have writers with some of the bigger managers and bigger agencies who bring them in for a week of meetings as needed. Um, when talent is there, talent is brought in, talent is respected, you know, and, and I do think that writers have to find the right contest, have to utilize the avenues that are out there, um, like the ones we talked about. Blacklist, Spec Scout, Virtual Pitch Fest, yada, yada, without having to spend an obscene amount of money on coming to LA or making a move or, or going to a pitch event in, in Los Angeles um, to connect with the industry and to get their work out there on a regular basis. The whole goal is to build a network of people who over time have come in and said, you know, I really like the work. Maybe it's not for them, maybe it's not now, but to take that name and to add it to an Excel spreadsheet of everybody that you've come across so that when you have the next triumph or the next new work to show, you can email them and say, hey, I know I'm in Norway, but I just want page. So I'd love to share the script with you if I could. Or, you know, here I am, and I just finished a new script, and I sent it to Andrew Hilton, the screenplay mechanic, and he gave it a recommend. Will you please read it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about using those avenues to build a network, to get people who are in your fan base, so that one day when you write the right script at the right time, you, sh- you can show it to the right people. Right, right, absolutely. Um, do you... Do you give referrals to your clients? Very rarely. Um, it, let's put it this way. In 2013, um, I've met with over, individually, one-on-one, I met with over 150 writers. I got five scripts out. Um, 
luckily, three of those writers got signed. One mm-hmm. got a development deal with a big production company in New York, and with one, nothing happened. So, right. you know, my batting average right now is high enough. I'm pretty, pretty happy good. about it. Um, right. I'm really discerning of the work. I'm really, you know, I've come, I've sat down with, with writers who swore to me the work is ready, and I didn't think that it was ready. And in order right. for me to be able to get scripts read every blue moon, um, you know, I, I need to make sure that the work is really beyond reproach. Absolutely. Otherwise, your you know your referral doesn't mean anything. Exactly. At that yeah. point, people stop reading. So you right. know, Jewel signed, signed somebody for me in November. I got two writers out this year, and both of them are already signed. So I'm quite happy about that. Um, but you know, I have to be really, really, really discerning sure. because I want the next brilliant writer that comes into the room to. I want to be able to help him or her right. um, get their work out there. And that means that if I understand the taste level of the industry, I have to abide by that. Now, for, uh, again, newer writers who don't really mm-hmm. understand, you know, they look at it as like a catch-22. You can't get an agent without a referral. You can get a referral. Without. Why is, maybe you can explain to them, why is a referral so important? The industry is like the mafia. We need somebody to vouch for you. <laughs> It's what it boils down to, but you know, but that's the great thing about things like the blacklist right now. Mm. The industry is a really, I mean, the, the blacklist is a really fast way to get vouched for. Never have we been in a place where a credible industry player can come in in three weeks and give your script that high score of an eight or a nine. And if you go into the industry and you say, I got an eight from the blacklist or a nine from the blacklist, there you go. You just got vouched for, but it's about finding those avenues. And it is... It is the mafia. I mean, not, not in that sense, but there's so many people trying to get in. We need to know that you're real. And that's where contests, contest wins of the big contests. I'm not talking about, you know, the Schenectady screenwriting competition, if there is one. And I do apologize to Schenectady <laughs> if I just, you know, you can never smirch their name, that. you know, um, but it is about winning the big ones because that's, that's the vouch. That's what we're looking for. Um, you know, the big screenwriting competitions, the known um, industry avenues, um, the listing services that really count that have the industry in the ear. I mean, I think one entirely underutilized listing service is SpecScout that a lot of writers don't know about. But when the industry found out about it, they literally crashed the site mm-hmm. because there, there, there are so many people coming into beta above and beyond what Scoggins ever anticipated, which is fantastic. Writers, if they qualify, can get listed on there. Right. So, there are a lot of these great avenues, but writers really have to find them. And those, you know, those become their own marketing tools. And then through them, they get the vouch. Because if somebody, you know, somebody downloads your script that scored an eight on the blacklist and emails you and says, you know, it's really not for me. But, you know, I really, really loved it. And you email them back and say, great, can you refer me to somebody that you think might be right for it? Mm-hmm. Who or forget ref, the word referral? Who do you think would be right for it? And then you turn around and email that person and say such and such suggested that you would be right for the script. Right. That's a vouch. We want to know, the, you know, the people on the industry side, and and I want to see that in my writers as well. We want to know that you're doing the work, that the writer is listening to what it takes to break in there. And a lot of these, what appears to be walls, are really hoops that have been put in place for the writer to confirm to the industry, I'm hearing you, I know what I need to do, I'm doing these things, I'm going through these avenues in order to separate my work from the rest. Right. 
Now, you were talking about screenplay competitions. Obviously, everybody yeah. knows the Nickel, uh, Austin, uh, I guess Page. What other mm-hmm. top screenplay competitions would you recommend? Well, I really like the ones that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. The others that I would add on to that are Final Draft's Big Break. Mm-hmm. Um, full disclosure, I am I am the career coach for those winners. But the reason that I am is because I really like Shelley Malott, who runs the contest. And I, having gone out with them now two years in a row, I see just how hard she works Mm-hmm. For her writers, I mean, her writers got repped this last year. One is now in talks um, for a TV staffing position. Um, there's a lot going on for these people. She works, Shelly over at Final Draft, works really hard for her guys. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I really like Tracking Bee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're one contest that showed up in the space in recent years that had an entirely different mission, um, which is to try and get representation for all their winners. Um, it's a different approach, and I really like it, and I think they've been really successful in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Script Pipeline has been successful. It's the one that Evan Doherty mm-hmm. uh, got, re- got discovered through by Jake Wagner, over, who's now over at Bender Spink. Um, you know, I find that the industry really looks to the contests where big writers were found before. So, you know, Final Draft has Larry Brenner, who just sold his winning script to Universal. Script Pipeline has Evan Doherty, who went on to write... Snow White and the Huntsman, um, you're looking for those kind of big success stories, not sure. little ones, not, you know, got repped by XYZ, but rather big success stories because the industry is going to be looking. Right. And frankly, that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, now, uh, do you work with primarily feature writers or do you also work with TV writers or is it any writer? I work with both feature and TV. Okay. Excellent. Um, I actually have a lot more TV writers than I now than I did when I started, simply because TV is blowing up the way that sure. it did. But I have writers who are staffed on shows. Um, I have writers who are creators. I have writers who are just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, but TV is a really interesting space to be in right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, do you uh, or what are some of your favorite screenwriting resources other than you know some of the competitions we've talked about and some of the uh, uh, my favorite screenwriting source. I mean, I'm a big fan of news. So one source that I love is uh, Studio System News. And mm-hmm. it's not just because I used to work for them. Um, <laughs> they're a really great um, news aggregate, mm-hmm. but they do a lot of kind of writer-centric stories. They just had a story on Friday about the, you know, the preeminent podcast for screenwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, that they aggregated in-house. So I think, I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff there, a lot of think pieces. So they'll find a lot of, you know, usually their morning run is their breaking news stories and their afternoon is more of the think pieces on everything from Vulture to the Wall Street Journal to whatever. So I really like that one. I think it's really, really fantastic. Um, gosh, there's so many. Um, I really like uh, WJ Foundation. I think it does really great events. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Los Angeles, and now they're, I believe they're starting to get those online. Um, I really like Script Magazine. Um, I think their online library of columns is fantastic, and Jeannie Bowerman over there, over there did a great job of really putting together a great group of, of bloggers to blog for her with a lot of insight and tips and information and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that actually the the WGA site, actually, I think a lot of people don't really look at it as much of a resource, especially because most of them, well, all of them aren't in the WGA, but there's yeah. so much great information. 
Absolutely. And I mean, here, when I have writers who come into LA for a few days and they ask me what I should do, tell them to go to the WGA library. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sit down, do some reading, get your hands on some originals. It's pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it seems like we we could probably go on and on about <laughs> for, for almost forever. Uh, we'll have to have you back on, but because we're sort of running short on time, but uh, we do have a section like we, we call rapid fire. All it's right. A couple quick fun questions. Uh-oh. Uh, so here we go. Uh, better actor, Lee Marvin, Lee Van Cleef, or Lee Majors? Uh, Lee Majors. Okay. Um, more compelling character, Colonel Nathan Jessup, you know, Jack Nicholson from Of course. Japan, Avery Jessup, Elizabeth Banks from 30 Rock, um, or Frank Jessup, played by Jackie Earl Haley from Maniac Cop, Maniac Cop 3, Badge of Silence. Uh, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> You kind of you kind of have to go there. Yeah. Um, uh, and who would win in a game of Scrabble? You, Mark Manis, or Jewel Ross, and why? Jewel Ross, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Ivy League education thing. Going exactly. On. No, Jewel Ross is just you walk. He walks in, and you know that he's smarter than anybody in the room. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I have complete peace with that. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd probably have to cheat to beat Jewel. But, you uh, know, I, I, I accept Jewel with all his glory. Yeah. I don't need I don't need to cheat. I can just let him win. <laughs> um, do you have any last thoughts or advice for aspiring screenwriter? Oh, God. I mean, just keep writing. Yeah. I think that the most important thing for writers is to truly be writing. And, and this is a craft-driven business. The more you work your craft, the more you hone it, the better you will be at it. So... You know, there's so much advice that I could give, and that, that's why the oh God came in, because just the possibilities come flooding in. Um, but really, keep writing, write deliberately, get notes, join groups, get yourself out there, expose the work, always challenge yourself. You know, for me, it's not about writing a, for a great first draft. It's about writing a draft that has a potential mm-hmm. um, and really working as a writer, to get better from draft to draft, from script to script, to step outside of, the, of your comfort zone, and to make the work the best it can be. Right. Great advice. Um, so that's it. Great talking to you, Lee. I appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show. Um, Thank you for letting me blabber. I really appreciate it. No, it's some great information. I think, <laughs> you know, hopefully uh, a lot of aspiring writers will lear- have learned um, from some of, gleaned something from what we've 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 rambled on about um, and, and take what they can from it. Again, I do hope so. I do. I mean, I told you earlier, I, I got in this business for the sole purpose of helping. Yeah. So if this is helpful to anybody out there, it makes my day. Yeah. Well, and be sure to follow Lee on Twitter at Lee Z Jessup. Uh, and be sure to check out her website, Lee And you can subscribe for her newsletter, which I have. Um, and she's also got a new book coming out. Getting I it, do. Getting it right. W R I T E. An Insider's Guide to Screenwriting to a Screenwriting Career. So Getting It Right, An Insider's Guide to a Screenwriting Career. It's going to be at Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You can get it everywhere. Check it out, Lee, check it out on Lee's website. Um, and if you have any questions about the craft or business of writing, you can send us an email to ask at scriptsandscribes.com or send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. There's no and in the middle there, just at scriptscribes. And thanks for listening. 